The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Each business is unique and operated individually of others in the same industry. What they have in common is the potential path to success. Welcome to The Second Stage with your hosts, Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. In today's program, we'll address the obstacles that many businesses find on that path to success and discuss what entrepreneurs and their businesses are doing to stay ahead of the curve. Now, here is Brendan Anderson and Jeffrey Cadlick. Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Second Stage. It's Brendan Anderson and Jeff Cadlick. Well, Brennan, 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 we got another great show today. We've got our good friend Steven Jurjevitz on the line, um, or he will be. And, um, you know, we thought this would be an interesting show because you and I, you know, have some familiarity with what we call mezzanine lending or mezzanine loans or subordinated debt is another phrase, but it's one of those interesting securities uh, that uh, is uh, you can use for a lot of different things. Yeah, and I and, and I, I smile when you said you and I have ex- experience with this, and you know, and, and I, I would say that I have experience with it from a you know much smaller perspective where we would use kind of subordinated loans, you know, with ourselves or you know with tighter groups, and you have much bigger experience or kind of more detailed experience with uh, kind of using it from an institutional perspective where um, Steve and his group would be, uh, would, would, you know, would be able to kind of play. And I think what's, what's really neat about, um, you know, quite frankly, you know, some of these uh, mezzanine players is that they're now, you know, willing to consider some of these well-run small businesses with good plans. And, you know, it really is a, it's a piece of capital that most entrepreneurs don't know exists. And it's a, you know, it's a viable option for, Getting getting people through growth phases, buying out you know buying out partners that they necess- you know that they've fallen out of love with, and uh, we'll learn a lot more of other you know cir- circumstances where that uh, entrepreneurs could potentially use this capital. Yeah, you know, and what's interesting about the the this security, if you will, is um, you know it comes in other forms in the sense of like seller financing, right? Because seller financing is subordinated generally to the senior debt or the bank debt, and we'll talk about that with uh, Stephen. Um, and, and really, what it's all about is where it fits in the capital structure. And I think the reason for the name mezzanine is because it's kind of like the mezzanine floor in a building. It kind of fits between, yeah. you know, the lower floors, the upper floors, and s- certainly uh, an interchangeable term is subordinated debt, which means that it is uh, junior to, uh, you know, senior lenders. Uh, or otherwise known as bank debt uh, in, in the capital structure, but uh, I you know, think Jeff, having- Jeff, in all seriousness, maybe maybe you take a quick second because we we have a lot of great questions to ask, uh, Steve. Maybe just take that a little bit further and just kind of say what you know what is a you know like a you know in a in a in a, in a small deal what does what does senior mean what does the the mezzanine mean it's just just and I know that Steve uh, Steve will help us you know kind of really figure that out, but I think it's an important distinction that, that quite frankly I think most entrepreneurs never consider. 
Right. And so, you know, most people, when they talk about debt, they're talking about bank debt or and, and, and the reason we say senior debt is because they are the senior most security in a in a capital structure. And what I mean by that is, is that when I say senior is they are filing a um, – a, a first lien on all the assets of the business and they file a UCC filing and so on and so forth. Uh, and then you have people that take a second lien and in that, in some instances, a subordinated lender like uh, uh, Stephen would take a second lien or would remain unsecured. And then you have unsecured lenders like uh, your your vendors, if you will, that are extending you credit. Uh, they are typically unsecured. So somebody like Stephen, and again, I don't want to get too in front of the conversation, yeah. would yeah. they would file a second lien uh, you know, simply to stay ahead of the trade. Um, so it's, I think it's a really, for me anyway, uh, that used to do some of this stuff. It's, it is a very interesting security and it really provides a lot of additional capacity, borrowing capacity for, for a business. And in my simple mind, Jeff, you know, a bank looks at the collateral on which you've got, you know, this, and I realize that Stephen will correct me on this thing, but you know, you know, I, from a, you know, banks are looking at the at the collateral in which they can lend against because they're you know they're quite frankly their their rates are lower and and they you know they need to make sure they can get out in a bad situation where um, you know mezzanine and these other forms of capital are looking at cash flow and looking you know and, and are willing to kind of hear a little bit of the story now in return for that they're going to charge a higher rate and they deserve that from a capital risk perspective so hey you know Jeff I was gonna was gonna uh, comment on um, you know it's uh, uh, just maybe. Get your attitude. You know how, how are you doing nowadays? I mean, it's uh, we, we we're busy, right? We're, we got some stuff. We got some stuff going on. Well, we got, you know we how interns, it is. We got, uh, we, got, we got interns walking into glass doors. I mean, it was uh, that was. Uh, I was impressed you could hold your your train of thought there for about. <laughs> yeah, uh, if anybody in the audience noticed a slight blip in my uh, my voice, is because I watched this young fellow run right into Brennan's glass door. Uh, he's yeah. probably still a little uh, teary-eyed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, um, you know, in the private equity world, Brennan, as you know, you know, doing one deal, at, you know, it's kind of like a boa constrictor eating a pig. It just it takes time to digest, and it kind of throws off the calibration of the business a little bit. And we're doing three <laughs> at a time. Well, because you know, we we're we're entrepreneurs. Why why wouldn't we do three? Um, you know, I think. I think, uh, and I think it's a very exciting time. I mean, I think about you know, uh, you know, when, when the process of getting to know these companies and getting to know the entrepreneurs and working through the plans and working through this sort of thing is, you know, it's it's a it's an exciting time. You know, it's it's a neat time to think about you know you know what what could life look like if you know if you had unlimited capital and unlimited time. Obviously, that doesn't really exist, but it's it's fun to think about, and you know, and it's quite frankly, it's fun to see how they transform into these uh, into these businesses that you know get them. To the second stage, so it's it's a fun time. It's a uh, sunny in Cleveland, Jeff. I don't know if you noticed that, but it's a uh, yeah, sunny. I did. Got some deals signed up and uh, busy, so it's uh, fun times. Fun times. 
And, and you just returned from another EO event, and I know that we've got. Uh, you always come away with some great ideas, you know, from from that. And uh, you are a big uh, believer in peer mentoring groups for ideas and support and some some tough love, which is. Uh, you know, an article that, that we wanted to highlight actually out of entrepreneur.com that kind of falls right into, you know, what, uh, what uh, you, you love so much about EO. Yeah, and, and I, I do, and I think you had to give uh, Barbara Hernandez our, uh, our, you know, in our office some uh, credit because she always comes up with uh, great, you know, great articles that kind of, you know, parallel with what you and I are working on. And, you know, I, I did, uh, um, as many listeners of the show know, I'm in a uh, EO, uh, uh, we call it an injected forum, which is people from, uh, you know, larger area, um, kind of the Northeast Ohio, or no, I'm sorry, Northeast United States and uh, in Eastern Canada, and we get together and, you know, and, and have this peer group. And I think, you know, she found an article that really kind of talked about some uh, seven things that really drive the value in in, uh, in uh, peer groups. And it was a June 4th, uh, 2014 article in entrepreneur.com called Look to Peer Mentoring Groups for Ideas, Support, and Tough Love. And I mean, you know, I think this, this, this article does a great, uh, a great job kind of explaining what to expect and what the values are. And I'll just kind of go through them just quickly, Jeff. But it's, you know, you know what's, what's said in the room stays in the room. And I can tell you that, you know, that, you know, really when you get a group of entrepreneurs, Going through similar problems or similar issues or similar opportunities, both in family and the business, um, you know that, that confidentiality is a huge piece of it, and, and knowing that that person is going to take the information that that, uh, that you've entrusted to them, and, and, and you know, and hold it dear and near and dear to their heart, and um, is obviously an integral piece of that. Um, you know, I think it's also important. Number two, which was suggestions, not perfect solutions, is that you know what what the people in that room have is experience and experience in in having gone through the same things you're going through, and they can share you know what they did and and not necessarily providing advice, but uh, what they did and and how it turned out, and you know you know heaven forbid uh, you know that, that you you know listen to people that have uh, that have been there before, and and uh, you know why recreate the wheel, um, you know. It, you know, it goes to the number three, which was your group will be very supportive until they're not. And, um, and I, and I think, I think, uh, well, I'll let you read the article, but it, it really is about, um, you know, that, that you support people's decisions, but there's also a period of time where you just kind of say, Hey, Brendan, you know, they smacked me in the head a couple of years ago and they said, you know, we're challenging your assumptions, you know, about what you and Jeff think evolution can be. And, you know, it, it really drove Jeff, if you remember you and I to, you know, just sit there and just really think long and hard about, you right. know, what, proving what we were saying to people. So, um, you know, I, I'll just go I'll try to move through this a little quicker. But, you know, the last uh, the fourth one is, uh, you know, you will invest time in your group. And, you know, time is a huge thing. I mean, it's a you know, it's a very, very valuable commodity. And every time, you know, I, I go on one of these, uh, you know, they're typically a day and a half and it's a big time commitment. And I'm you know, kind of packing up to go and I'm kind of like, wow, this is, you know, you know we're busy. We got three deals. We're, you know, all this sort of stuff. And uh, working with an existing portfolio. And and then I, uh, you know, on the trip back, I'm always just amazed at the value that I get out of it. But it's a big time commitment. And uh, number five is expect to be uncomfortable. And boy, if I could tell you how many times that I've sat there and, you know, you, you know, the people are challenging your ideas and challenging the concepts and sharing experience. Um, you know, it's, it's amazingly uncomfortable, but it always makes me walk away with a new perspective. And, uh, and, you know, it's again, just extremely valuable because very rarely do entrepreneurs get the chance to, uh, you know, to, to, to spend that time kind of beating up an idea. 
And, uh, you know, I guess number six is eases stresses, eases stress. Uh, and uh, all I can say is, that, you know, the, the feeling once you realize that you're in a room with 10 or, you know, eight to 12 entrepreneurs and, and they're experiencing the same thing you are, uh, you start to realize that you're not, uh, you know, you're not the, the, the idiot or the, uh, or quite frankly, even just, you know, they got the unique concept that you thought. And so it's the concept of not being alone is, um, is, uh, is, is very, very valuable. And the last one in the article, which I think, you know, the, this, uh, the author did a great job is expect transformational change. And I know I've said this before and, and, you know, Jeff, you and I, uh, you know, spend lots of times, you know, debating some of these ideas that, you know, that we come up with, but, you know, I, I literally tie most of the decisions, most of the kind of the, the big thoughts and so forth that I've had is to drive evolution from, in some way, shape, or form, you know, somebody in the forum group, somebody in EO, somebody that recommended I meet somebody, in, you know, or read a book or something. So, it's just that continuous learning, Jeff, that you and that we at uh, the second stage always, always, always stress to not only our partners but people that we meet, uh, you know, anytime they ask. Right, right, and, and I, I, I totally agree. You certainly don't want to have yes men around you, so to speak, or yes women. Uh, you really want to be transparent and and getting smacked around a little bit is instructive. Uh, and you know, our board of advisors uh, definitely uh, smacks us around when we need to be, and and that's that's what you want. So, uh, hey, I'm, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna, I know we're out of time, but I'll say one more thing. I think that the other big value is in, you know, in, in, in you know, Jeff, you and I, and in, in evolution, and our, and our, um, you know, and our portfolio partners, we were big believers in, you know, kind of continuously having everybody review core values and, um, in, um, in making sure that, you know, you and I get reviewed also. But uh, these peer, these, these peer groups um, also force you to recognize how you're being perceived in the, in the world and, and how, and how you present yourself. And I got to tell you, it's always stunning to me how I know you're gonna find this hard to believe. Um, I view myself as a pretty laid back guy, but apparently I'm not, <laughs> I was stunned. I was stunned to find that out at 48 years old. So I really, yeah. you know, once I reconciled the fact that I'm not quite as laid back as I envisioned myself, I, uh, anyway, so Transformational yeah. stuff. All right, I'm done yeah. talking for at least twelve seconds. I don't seconds. think any of my friends would call me uh, laid back, and I think I'm I'm the friendliest guy out there. Uh, so um, we are going to have to take a break here, but we always want to thank our sponsors, McGladry LLP. They're the leading provider of insurance, tax, and consulting services focused on small and mid-sized businesses nationwide, with more than six thousand seven hundred people in seventy-five U.S. cities. And when we get back. We'll quickly get through some of uh, Stephen's background and start talking about mezzanine funding as an alternative source of capital for businesses and its benefits. Thanks for tuning in to the second stage. This is Davis Love III, Ryder Cup captain and Team McGladry member. McGladry is about building relationships. That's the kind of team I want to be a part of. A team that builds deep understanding of each client's vision and unique way of doing business. The same attributes I look for and the partners I choose. It's this understanding that enables you and me to make confident decisions. When you trust the advice you're getting, you know your next move is the right move. This is the power of being understood. This is McGladry. 
Assurance Tax Consulting. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. How do you feel about the future? Tune in each week for Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. You can be a great leader by learning from the inspiring stories of amazing visionaries who are shaping our future. Everyone deserves to create their own vision, and Kate and her guests will share the tools that you need to make it happen. Make a weekly visit to the Voice America Business Channel for Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Be inspired. Become inspiring. You are tuned in to The Second Stage. To reach the hosts or their guests today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to thesecondstage at evolutioncp.com. Now, back to Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. Welcome back to the second stage. This is Jeff Cadlick. I'm here with my tag team partner, Brendan Anderson. Uh, like any forum, the show will be more effective and powerful if folks contribute their experiences and ideas. We invite you to continue the discussion from each week's show on our blog, which can be found at evolutioncp.com. And you can email us at the second stage at evolutioncp.com. Uh, we have our guest today is uh, Stephen Jurjevitz, uh, managing partner and co-founding partner of FNB Cadillac. Capital Partners, a $175 million SBIC fund managed by Techum Capital Management. We'll have to see if I got that right, for which he serves as president uh, in this capacity. He's responsible for providing strategic, operational, and investment management leadership to the fund, including overall planning, fundraising, growth, and execution. And he also serves on the board of directors for Uncle Charlie's Sausage Company and TriTech Forensics Incorporated. Welcome to the show, Stephen. Thanks, Jeff and Brandon. I appreciate the opportunity here at the second stage today. Our pleasure. Our pleasure. I uh I I told you uh, in our little break uh, that we I want to give a shout out to fellow Steeler fan uh, and we we subsequently <laughs> found out that one of our producers Kevin is a Steelers fan and I I, I believe we're taking over the world. Uh, I think that's already been accomplished through Steeler Nation, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, we're looking well, forward to training camp here in a couple weeks. Right. You know what they say about. You know what they say about the Cleveland Browns fans, of which I put myself in that camp. The uh, you know the world never gets any better than going into you know it's, it's uh, the world's at its most optimistic going into training camp, and it just tends to tends to get a little more disappointing from there. But this year's going to be different, guys. You guys are going to be singing the blues because it always is. You guys are getting better, but it, it comes down to the whole uh, Johnny Manziel thing. I guess we'll wait and see how that plays out, right? Well, we've we've tried we've tried different variables in that slot before, Stephen. So uh, you know, we you know, we got a different combination. This, anyways, well, I'll I'll stop talking because I got very little data to use against you guys. So, hey, Stephen, what is your what, uh, what is your website? Uh, F F and B Capital Partners. 
Uh, so it's uh, www.fnbcp. So each uh, first letter, FNB Capital Partners, fnbcp.com. Okay, and it is great. actually uh, Tecum Capital is uh, the management company that manages okay. the fund on behalf of all the LPs. Got hey, Stephen, I, I got let's mm-hmm. get off this Steeler thing. Um, you know, Jeff did a, a very, very weak job trying to explain the difference between mezzanine, senior, and all these other forms of capital. Would you mind helping us out and make it a little simpler? I'm, I'm sure for well, a very technical person. I was trying to person, do it when our intern ran his nose. Yeah, that's I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah. uh, I will yeah, so anyway. next, time, uh, next time you guys invite me on, I, I definitely have to come to your offices to make sure I get to witness those kind of events. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. The, uh, how, how do you get it? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to ask how you get a dent out of glass, but I'm going to I'm going to work on that later. Go ahead. <laughs> we have looked at some glass providers over the years, so uh, maybe we need to learn more about that. Um, no, I, okay. I think mezzanine capital can be a bit confusing, um, but essentially it it gets its name uh, because it's a bridge, really, between sort of a traditional senior lender, commercial loan, and the actual equity in a company, and so. It's the bridge on the balance sheet really between the two. And it, as you probably pointed out, it, is, it has characteristics of, of each, right? It's, um, it's usually structured as a note or debt, and it has uh, interest attached to it. Uh, and that is typically a higher coupon interest due to the risk factor and where the mezzanine's positioned on a, on a balance sheet. But it also will sometimes carry characteristics of equity through either a, an attached warrant or perhaps even just a, a pure equity co-invest that comes in alongside the mezzanine as part of a transaction. All right, Stephen, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm one of these slow. I'm one of these slow entrepreneurs. I'm sorry, Jeff. Because you know, I maybe tell me, you know, you know, from a from a bank or a mezzanine provider's perspective, what do you what do you you know how do you decide how much money you can put on from a senior perspective or you know a bank loan and how much do you how do you figure out how do you decide whether mezzanine's possible? Sure. Well, we actually spun out of a bank, and our, our former bank parent company, FNB Corporation, where we get the fund's name from as our largest LP, we, we hung around those folks enough to be dangerous. And, you know, bankers will typically look at asset value and collateral. That, that's first and foremost as they structure their deal. And then where the mezzanine will typically come in is where those bankers leave off, uh, right, based on that collateral value. And so we're going to be uh, more focused on the cash flow and the prospects of a business, whereas a bank's going to really be focused on, uh, you know, asset values, inventory, receivables, and what they're comfortable being fully secured. Whereas, of course, you know, mezzanine uh, at best might have a second lien position, might have some security interest, but generally are, are, are running without any specific collateral and, and really banking, so to speak, in quotes, on the cash flows of the business. And then. Go ahead, Jeff. Go ahead. No, I was just – I want to follow up because you used the term warrants uh, when you were describing uh, you know, the kind of the mezzanine and the return that, that you derive from that. It, do you want to just give us a quick what, what exactly a warrant is? Sure, and that can be a complicated topic, and, and frankly, oftentimes uh, we'll end up just investing in the equity to avoid confusion. But but a warrant in itself is, is usually a separate security. It can be attached or detached to the mezzanine note. But what it is is a right, essentially, or an option, if you will, to to buy a cash equivalent or actual security in a business. And that's, you know, I think it's important because the, the mezzanine lender, unlike a bank, when times get tough, banks can get tough. But a mezzanine lender 
want some level of interest aligned with the owner of a business, okay? Particularly when we get involved a lot in family-owned businesses, we're not there to to push uh, the button when things get tight. We're there to roll up our sleeves and say, okay, let's sit with an owner or management team or family-owned business and figure out how we work through potential issues, how we look at an acquisition. And for that effort and that work, it's a shared upside. And the warrant is effectively the security that gives the mezzanine lender at least a small portion of upside for the, the heavy work that needs to be done. That's differentiated from actually buying or owning the business and getting involved in the operations. We typically don't do that. It's more strategical oversight and, and helping them really, in some cases, manage the bank relationship. Frankly, you know, I, I think maybe talk about some other uh, the other the other reasons. Um, you know, we, we've got you know you know we got entrepreneurs that kind of view bank. You know, there's there's two terms, bank and senior debt. So maybe talk briefly before mm-hmm. I get to my next question about you know is there a difference between bank and senior debt? And I know we tried to explain that earlier, but maybe touch on that. You know, I, I guess in, in our world, uh, in, in the terminology, we t- sometimes throw around loosely like everybody else knows what it means, right? Um, you know, the bank and the senior debt are, in our world are usually one and the same. Uh, the bank is, look, it's an important relationship. Uh, often you have some treasury management services. Uh, usually there's a relationship manager that's assigned to to you as a, as a business owner that you build a relationship with. They counsel you through different issues, um, be it cash management or management of your balance sheet. Um, you know, mezzanine is, is usually separate. Uh, it doesn't necessarily come from the same institution. And so oftentimes there's a, a shared interest in making sure the bank is on board as a, as a true partner. And, of course, if, as many of us have seen, particularly coming out of the financial crisis, uh, different banks do different things when times get tight. So um, it, it is a separate relationship altogether, and, and therefore the structure is a little bit different. But let me just contrast that, if I may. Mezzanine is not equity. So when you think about it as a business owner, bringing on a, a true equity partner, perhaps cashing out or just taking some chips off the table, a true equity partner is going to be part of those uh, perpetual profits, if you will, uh, from from the day they close that deal until the day they're somehow gone, right? Whereas mezzanine, uh, similar to a bank in a sense, is temporary capital, okay? It's not quite like a bank where, yes, we're loaning you money, but it's more in the form of capital, and we're going to be there for some period of time. It might be as short as two years, might be as long as seven or eight, but we're helping bridge. Again, there's that term bridge, some event, right? It's either as part of an acquisition, part of a growth strategy, or part of maybe just taking some chips off the table through a dividend to shareholders. This, so, I, so I'm an entrepreneur listening to this show, and I'm saying to myself, "Wow, this is this is a great this this, this sounds very interesting. I you know I can I can borrow some more money, and if I have great growth plans and so forth, maybe tell me a little bit about you know what your what characteristics, what you're looking for in a company that 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 you got that that mezzanine in general, and, and maybe particularly what 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 your group would be interested in looking at." Yeah, sure. That's a good point because I think, uh, you know, groups that do provide MES each probably generally have different strategies, both in terms of whether it be industries or size of the company or perhaps, you know, stage of the company, right? And so, um, you know, we're typically looking to get involved with companies that have revenues from, 
you know, maybe eight to ten million on the low end to as high as a hundred million. Uh, but our average, uh, you know, sort of revenue levels for the companies we invest in is typically between twenty and forty-five million. And so, as I mentioned earlier, we're very focused on the cash flow parameters. And, you know, you can loosely define cash flow as, as an accounting term of, of EBITDA, and maybe you guys have talked about that term in the past, but it, generally it's, it's earnings before any taxes and depreciation of equipment and, uh, and a loose cash flow metric, if you will. And so we're looking at a number uh, of cash flow, somewhere at least $2 million on a trailing 12-month basis uh, or call it an annualized basis. And, and those are the kind of companies. We're, we're industry agnostic, uh, but again, it comes down to cash flow for us. There's other groups that'll look at, uh, distress situations, um, other groups that, you know, maybe will only partner with, um, private equity groups to do deals. Uh, and we do a little bit of everything, but we don't do any project financing. We don't do any distressed company investing. And one of the things we always get a lot of calls on, but we just don't do is startups. Um, generally, there's, there's a great startup community here in Pittsburgh, as, as there is in Cleveland. Uh, we sometimes get those calls. But, again, we need that historical cash flow because, frankly, we're not smart enough to know what the next emerging biotech or technology is. We like to look at businesses that have a track record. They've been around. Um, we can analyze that, extrapolate that going forward, and, and really uh, sort of the Warren Buffett approach of investing in what we can understand. Well, I think that's a, that is a great overview, uh, Stephen, and I, I think this is probably a good time to take a break and we come back. We'll probably dig a little, little deeper into you know uh, how these deals are structured and priced and, and so on and so forth. Uh, but we are going to take a short break here in the second stage. And uh, again, when we're back, we'll, we'll dig a little deeper. Thanks for tuning in to the second stage. Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration, which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the 7th Wave Network. This is Davis Love III, Ryder Cup captain and Team McGladry member. McGladry is about building relationships. That's the kind of team I want to be a part of. A team that builds deep understanding of each client's vision and unique way of doing business. The same attributes I look for and the partners I choose. It's this understanding that enables you and me to make confident decisions. When you trust the advice you're getting, you know your next move is the right move. This is the power of being understood. This is McGladry. Assurance Tax Consulting. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. You are tuned in to The Second Stage, 
To reach the hosts or their guests today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to thesecondstage at evolutioncp.com. Now, back to Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. Welcome back to the show, The Second Stage. This is our show, but as a forum, so we're looking for input from you so we can benefit from everyone's experience. Please do that by emailing us at the second stage at evolutioncp.com uh, or continuing on with the blog at our website at evolutioncp.com. We're here with our guest, Stephen Zerzhevitz from FNB Capital Partners, a $175 million SBIC fund managed out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and you can be found he can be found at www.fnbcp.com. Uh, Stephen, we kind of I know. I did that almost to one breath. I think um, I actually I checked it. I think it was one breath, actually. That's good. <laughs> so, uh, Stephen, where we left things off, we're going to kind of continue to dig a little deeper into, uh, you know, the mezzanine security. Yeah, sure. I, you know, I, as always, there's uh, there's the good, the bad, and, and maybe or the, there's the good, and then there's the not so good about, about most uh, most things. And maybe get into a little bit about, you know, what's good about mezzanine, you know, from, from your perspective, and, and then maybe what, what are the reasons that, you know, entrepreneurs or, or, or small businesses need to uh, you know, just stop and think, you know, you know whether they want to use it. So that maybe the good and the bad. Sure. No, that, that's a fair question. I think it is important to educate uh, a little bit, too, because, again, I don't think a lot of people have experience with mezzanine as, as a financial product, if you will. Um, you know, it needs compared and contrast a little bit, guys. Um, we often get lined up, and, and let's face it, uh, when you're doing mezzanine, you're doing higher coupon debt. Now, one of the advantages, our debt does not amortize. So even though you're going to pay interest on a current basis, it might be 12 to 14% which sounds high, particularly with the 10-year treasury at 2.5. But uh, the reality of it is you think about your senior lender who's probably going to return somewhere between, yeah, in normal times, maybe it's closer to 10, but right now it's, you know, 5 to 7%. And if, uh, if you're an equity investor, generally you're probably looking for returns in, you know, 30% or more. And so the mezzanine is going to be somewhere between the two. And We'll typically target an 18 to 22% return, a portion of which is that current interest rate of 12 to 14%, and uh, a portion of which might be some additional what we call pick interest or capitalized interest that's not required to be paid current but can be added to the principal, or the equity kicker, equity investment, or warrant that we talked about earlier. And so on a combined all-in basis, that's kind of what we're trying to be. Now, in terms of the bad, again, that shocks some folks. I've been called Tony Soprano a few times. Um, <laughs> but I think what people need to understand is you can't just contrast mezzanine to a senior loan, right, or a lender who's going to give you money at 6%. Um, and say, why would I take 12% money if I can get it to 6 Well, again, the idea is the mezzanine comes in where the bank leaves off. So we always tell people, look, step one in the playbook is, is work with your bank or your banker and, you know, maximize what you can. That's your cheapest cost of capital. But if it's uh, an acquisition or some type of growth capital uh, because you're growing really fast or somebody's coming in and acquiring all or a portion of your business, chances are you're going to need more financing than just from the bank. And you really have two options. You, you bring in that equity partner 
where, again, the direct equity, you're giving up a portion of your profits in perpetuity, arguably, or you go ahead and pay the higher sort of mezzanine rates, which are a hybrid approach, knowing that the mezzanine is going to come in at a point in time and it's going to exit at a point in time, but it's not here forever. And even when we have an equity investment, most of the time we exit the investment or the relationship, if you will, through a refinancing event where what happens is your bank debt's amortizing down, you're paying the 12 or 13% coupon, and the business has grown, and now you've got more debt capacity, and then you go back to the banker and say, okay, you know, Tony Soprano's really starting to hurt. Uh, let's, let's do something, and the bank will typically refinance the mezzanine position and any minority equity or warrant position we might have. And so, again, it's a great product for a temporary solution. It's not for everybody, but is, is to be contrasted not with uh, a traditional bank debt, but more from the option of when somebody or a banker or otherwise tells you, you need to raise capital, you can really raise that in the form of equity, or you can raise it in the form of mezzanine or combinations of mezzanine and equity. And hopefully that helps, you know, solidify it. The good is, again, it's cheaper than equity. The bad is obviously there, there's a price to that, and the mezzanine is priced based on the risk perceived, and it doesn't necessarily move uh, overall with sort of market rates and interest rates like you get with a bank debt. You know, and, and a really important thing also uh, is that this is more uh, permanent capital than bank debt in the sense that you're not amortizing principal generally right away. I mean, the bank wouldn't allow it, but you are you know, paying interest and so on and so forth. So you get a little bit of breathing room with a mezzanine investment uh, than you get from, from a senior lender. Exactly. In fact, even though the playbook is to maximize your debt from your senior lender, there are situations where you actually might want to take a little less uh, because you want to be able to generate some cash flows that you can redeploy back into the business for CapEx or other growth initiatives. And and it, it is a differentiator from that standpoint. When I, when I heard you talking, I, I was smiling because so often when we talk to entrepreneurs, you know, obviously Evolution is willing to come in with 100% equity and, and really, you know, keep that and when, when we when we don't mind doing that and keep the balance sheet very clean. And then as you get to know the business a little better and you know the cash flows and you have and you just say, look, um, you know, if we can put a little bit of mezzanine debt on this, leave the you know, mezzanine being that, you know, kind of you know, this kind of more permanent capital and then leave all of this available working capital or senior bank, you know, facility to to grow. And then you point out to the entrepreneur that, you know, even though, you know, we're writing a pretty big equity check that in the event that they do use a little, a little strip of this, you know, um, of this, you know, mezzanine, um, that they end up owning a lot more of the business. And, uh, um, so, you know, it's, uh, you know, it, you know, the good part is, uh, you know, leverage provides both good stuff in the sense that you own more and then uh, provides, you know, a little bit more, uh, you know, some other issues you may have to when, 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 uh, if the business would turn south, but, you know, we've uh, we've had wonderful experience with um, you know with working through uh, you know slowdowns and so forth, and uh, you know because fundamentally the the mezzanine you know, the mezzanine player has to has to stop and realize that they you know that they're uh, that they're you know they're a partner in the business also. So no, that's uh, that's wonderful. So so let's talk about the scenario of if things aren't going according to plan and what's what's the relationship. Does that ever no, happen? Not, not, not evolution, our portfolio, but uh, yeah, right, right. <laughs> okay. Because I was going to say, I I remember hearing about that in, a, in an entrepreneurial <laughs> forum one time, but I don't. Okay, okay. Go. Uh, let me rephrase this. 
in theory, uh, you know, and you've probably heard about this, but never firsthand, if things don't go according to plan, how does the relationship with the bank manage? Because again, it's relative to the equity and it's relative to the to the bank, the senior debt. Uh, talk a little bit about the dynamics there and how that in, can impact the business. Sure. Well, as, as you point out, I mean, I think the biggest variable is the bank, right? Uh, aside from maybe some customer issues or macroeconomic issues that might be outside of a business owner's control to a certain extent, uh, that relationship with the bank is key. And we've seen a number of banks act different based on different situations. And I think, as you point out, one of the advantage of a mezzanine capital partner is our ability to sort of uh, interpret the bank's ideas and intentions. Some banks will stand next to you and work through it because of a long-term established relationships. Others may have had turnover in their relationship management uh, positions uh, or perhaps have their own issues, as we saw some banks had during the financial crisis, and they can get a little goofy. So, um, you know, our that whole idea of having sort of an equity kicker or a shared economic interest where we share in some upside, that's where it really pays off, right? Because, you know, we're going to come in and help work with the company, the owners, to deal with, number one, the bank and how they're handling things, and number two, sort of sit down and, and reappraise the balance sheet for what we need to do, if anything, on a right-size basis, right? Is this a temporary issue? Is this a permanent issue? We just lost one of our largest customers, or is it a technology, like a we're now obsolete issue? Uh, and based on, you know, those scenarios, we can walk through some some different ideas, but we we had one. Yes, we did uh, in the past. And a good example is we came in and we were able to bring in a new bank uh, because the particular bank we were involved with was uh, was not being cooperative. And yet we still felt at some level this was a very bankable company with good prospects. And so we were able to help the management team uh, meet and introduce a, a new relationship and, and work through some issues. So we tend to be a little more proactive. We don't just uh, bring in, uh, you know, Joey, the workout guy, and, you know, goodbye, you no longer talk to Steve or his team. Uh, that's not how we do things. Uh, we roll up our sleeves and try to work side by side, and, and I think you'll find that's pretty consistent with most, most mezzanine providers. Hey, Jeff, I know we're, we're, we're like, uh, we got about three minutes here or so. Um, maybe we just get kind of talk about a couple, you know, whether whether we go towards a couple um, situations, stories, and, um, and but also definitely want to definitely touch on um, what sorts of situations that you know, somebody should say, oh, my God, you know, that's a great opportunity for us. So, yeah, I mean, I, I can speak to that. Obviously, I, I think, um, look, we, we take a barbell approach to our, our, our market. We will work with private equity firms who need a source of financing as part of an acquisition. Uh, your audience, which is geared you know, towards the business owner, uh, a lot of times we'll come in and work directly with an owner or management team, and a lot of times it's part of a succession plan or succession issue where, let's say, next generation of a family-owned business is coming in but uh, don't have the personal wealth to buy the, the founding father out or in a lot of cases, we see it's a management team who's really already established, has been with a company, uh, but is limited in either decision-making capabilities or in their personal capital to effectuate a transition of the business to them. 
And that's where we can come in and be the, you know, sort of institutional capital, if you will, to help that management team of that next generation buy out the, the owner who maybe is already spending half a year in Florida. Uh, we can come in and help that, keep those jobs, help that team now take over and perhaps and hopefully grow the business above and beyond where, where an owner who's maybe along in the tooth doesn't have that drive or energy or doesn't want to take that risk at this point in their life or their career. So that's definitely a focus for us in addition to just being a, a sort of a commoditized financer and private equity deals as well. Well, I think uh, in the short amount of time that we had, I think we covered a lot of ground. And, and Stephen, obviously, you, uh, as the president of the FNB Capital Partners, you have a great understanding of, of your product. And, uh, you know, as, as someone that used to do it, um, I, I think it is one of the least understood and, and but more useful products out there for, for a growing business. And as you point out, the, just the bridge and the situations that you just uh, discussed. So we really appreciate you being on the show and uh, we maybe can have you back on and, and talk more about, uh, about the security. So uh, thank you for being on the second stage. Well, I appreciate Thanks, you guys having me and be willing to uh, educate folks on what we do as, as a service and a product. I think it can prove helpful, and uh, I look forward to a future opportunity to speak with you guys again. Thank Thanks, you. Steven. Take care. Go Steelers. <laughs> uh, and with that, we will uh, we will be back after a short break to share some concluding thoughts about today's topic. Thanks for tuning in to the second stage. Are you and your business well prepared? For what, you may ask? Well, what about workplace violence, cyber attacks, or general business disasters? Listen for Fear is Negotiable, Business Survival Skills 101 with your host, Pamela Hill. We'll bring you case studies of the businesses that don't prepare and the consequences that can happen. We'll also bring you best practice strategies that can help you keep your business running smoothly. Tune in to Fear is Negotiable, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. When money and tech come together, it can make for a harmonious or detrimental relationship. On Media and Your Money, host Jason Steele will show you how streaming media can work for you to help you accomplish your financial goals, both short-term and long-term. Do you have a plan for investment opportunities? How is college planning going for your kids? Is your retirement strategy working for you? Listen for Media and Your Money, Thursdays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. This is Davis Love III, Ryder Cup captain and Team McGladry member. McGladry is about building relationships. That's the kind of team I want to be a part of, a team that builds deep understanding of each client's vision and unique way of doing business. The same attributes I look for and the partners I choose. It's this understanding that enables you and me to make confident decisions. When you trust the advice you're getting, you know your next move is the right move. This is the power of being understood. This is McGladry. Assurance Tax Consulting. You are tuned in to The Second Stage. To reach the hosts or their guests today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to thesecondstage at evolutioncp.com. 
Now, back to Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. Welcome back to the second stage. This is Jeff Cadlick, and I'm here with my partner, Brendan Anderson. We just got finished talking about mezzanine funding as an alternative source of capital for businesses and its benefits with our guest, Stephen Zerzhevitz, as uh, the president of FNB Capital Partners, a $175 million SBIC fund. Uh, you can learn more about uh, FNB Capital Partners at www.fnbcp. Dot com. So what did you think, Brennan? Is MES a good thing or a bad thing? I think, you know, it's, it's obviously a good thing in the right situation. Uh, you know, we, uh, you know, I, I had to chuckle, you know, I think for most of our listeners uh, know that you, that you came from the uh, institutional world that, you know, you guys would use this this security more than than I would at the lower end of the business. And when I heard uh, Stephen talking, it was, it's, it's interesting, although, you know, I think FNB and there's some other uh, mezzanine funds that will look at, uh, you know, some smaller deals. It does kind of reinforce the position that Evolution plays, which is, you know, effectively trying to help these businesses. Businesses get from smaller companies to over two, three, four, five million of, e- of uh, EBITDA or earnings, as we were talking about, because it really does open up the the financing options out there. And maybe, you know, Jeff, from your perspective of, you know, have, having looked at some bigger companies and worked with bigger companies, why is that? Why, you know, why is it that uh, you know the little five, six, seven, eight hundred thousand? I'm leading you to the answer I'm looking for, if you can't tell. But you know, you know, just maybe we reinforce, you know, that that, that there's a there's a reason that Stephen and his group, you know, like to see a little more earnings. Yeah, it's it is because you know lever you know debt is debt. It's a fixed obligation, and for small businesses, it's just it's uh, and you and I don't believe in a lot of leverage in small businesses, which were generally smaller than what you know uh, Stephen was talking about. I, I want to point that out. He was really starting at kind of a minimum of two million of EBITDA type businesses, and I think that's about the right place to to start thinking about the security. Um, it, it's just it's a fixed obligation, Brennan, and it can, like any debt, whether it's senior debt or whatever, it can it can be smack in the head. <laughs> it can, and, and and I think you know the, the one of the things that we've done with Me- with the with the concept of Mez was that you know that fundamentally we want the entrepreneurs um, in, in our partner in our partner companies to um, to own as much as possible, and so we we you know kind of take a little different spin at it where we don't use any senior and we leave that for growth and flexibility and that sort of thing and where we'll put maybe a in the you know if the entrepreneur wants it and makes sense and and, and all of you know everybody's happy about it put a very small strip of this you know kind of mezzanine because it can be prepaid at any time and, and it, but it's it's and it's also it's an additional capital base that um that you know in, in as long as the the rest of the balance sheet's got cash and the rest of the balance sheet's got availability under their potential bank lines um you know it's something we've used in the past and quite frankly very often paid it off very very quickly i mean you know in some cases is you know 6 6 8 months 10 months yeah, and I did want to enumerate a couple observations here because I do think it's it's not it's kind of a tricky product, and but once you get the hang of it, because again, it's in relation to two other securities, it's in relation to equity, it's in relation to senior debt, and so companies that have good cash flow, the primary source repayment for Mez is good cash flow because they're really exiting the investment through a refinancing. So we would look at businesses where that could, if we had a five-year five year MES investment, we were looking for deals where the senior debt could amortize in like three years. 
because then the, the bank would take us out and the owner was incented to take us out because we we're a higher cost of capital than the equity. It is a great tool though because it is more permanent capital. You're not going to have to amortize the principal for generally it's what we call a balloon payment at the end. Um, and sometimes there's some amortization in front of it. There are, there can be prepayment penalties. You know, they like to have their capital out there for a period of time. And so you want to make sure that you understand, you know, if there is a prepayment penalty, exactly how that's calculated. And then the last thing is the warrant. I think there's some lack of understanding as to exactly how the warrant is calculated. And for me, and Stephen may do it differently, I always looked at what the value of the business was going to be at the point of exit of I guess the expiration or maturity of my note. And let's say if the if I needed to get six percent, because I'm already getting some from current pay, some from pick, if I needed to pick up another six percent of quote unquote return, I would figure out how much of the business I needed to own in effect and discount that back to today uh, to come up with that other six percent yield. So, yeah, I, as an entrepreneur, I just want to say, just trust me, Jeff. It'll be okay. Just put your money <laughs> in and trust me. It'll be, it'll all work. It's, uh, yeah. Just trust me. Yeah. And, and again, I think it's a, uh, I think it is a great security. Uh, it's for the right situation and, um, uh, it's something that should be explored because as Stephen pointed out, it is more expensive, uh, than senior debt, but it's less expensive uh, and less intrusive, if you will, in your business than, than equity. Because these yeah. folks, you certainly help with the bank relationship. Uh, it is more of a governance type thing to make sure that their rights are protected as as a lender, but they're not looking to get involved in, in your business. Um, but they do have a vested interest in your upside. They will help uh, not only with the bank relationship, but make introductions, help with networking, come up with ideas because they want that warrant uh, to be as valuable as possible uh, at the time that uh, their investment expires. And finally, the way they get out, it's not just the maturity, the note, but they can put their warrant back to the company uh, for for repayment. And, and put means what? It means that they can say to the company, hey, it's time for you to buy out my uh, my ownership option, if you will, in the business. And that's, a, you know, we talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, you know, that, that could be something that, you know, the entrepreneur has a growth plan and this put comes up. So, I mean, this, you know, that's something that, you know, we don't typically deal with because, you know, we're looking for, you know, some, you know, we, we all we all tend to, you know, kind of look to, to the same kind of terminal point. But, uh I got you. I got you. It's all good. It's all, <laughs> it's good. all good. It's all good. So we're kind of winding down the show here, Brendan. I don't know if you've thought of – should we just stop this whole – Yeah, we should. Like I'm I'm on taste, yeah, mez me, man. Mez me. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> mez me. Uh, I love it. All right. Yeah. So uh, I hope you've enjoyed today's show or we hope you've enjoyed today's show and you join us again next Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. I think next week we are diving into the six qualities of a small giant if I uh, if I know my dates correctly. And that'll be a fun conversation with our good friend Bo Burlingham, who is always a lot of fun. Um, and thank you for tuning in to, to the second stage and have passion for possibilities. Right, Brendan? You betcha. 
Thanks for tuning in to the second stage. Thank you for tuning in this week to The Second Stage. Please join Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson again next Monday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And have a successful week. Thank you for tuning in this week to The Second Stage. Please join Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson again next Monday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And have a successful week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.